0: You're listening to Under a Pile of Books. Welcome to this special summer review pod. I'm excited because I've done uh, a lot of reading over the summer. Uh, i read a total of 27 books. And what I'm going to do in this episode is start all the way back in June with the first book that I completed in June and go all the way through the final book that I read in August. So you're getting... All of my reads in June, July, and August, you're going to get my rating that I've given it out of a 10-point scale, and you're going to get a quick couple sentences on that book. What I liked, what I didn't like, uh, brief kind of summary review, if you will. I'm really looking forward to this, uh, excited to do it because there was a lot that I read this summer that I really enjoyed, and I hope that you enjoy coming along for the ride with me. So, first book that I read this summer, completed it in early June, was Fortune's Fool by Angela Board. I give this one a 9.5. This is one of my highest rated books out of the year. It's up there with The Sword of Kagan and A Brightness Long Ago by Guy Gavriel Kay. Again, I loved Fortune's Fool. You've heard me talk about it several times on the podcast. It's Renaissance, Italy-inspired secondary world fantasy. A lot of fun. Interesting sort of wild, untamable magic. Very cool characterizations. Characters are really what does it for me in this book. Uh, The uh, two lead characters, really, really awesome. Uh, romance to it, just everything works together so well. Angela did such a great job with this book. I cannot wait for the second one in the series. Next book, The Steel Discord by Ryan House. This is one that uh, I think came to me through uh, TBR Einder, and uh, I enjoyed it. This one I gave a six point five two. So for me, what that means is I had fun with it, but there was probably something in the book that just either did not work for me or that really distracted me from the story. In the case of the Steel Discord, that was some of the blocking and description I found really confusing. So that meant that there were times when I had to go back and reread paragraphs and try to figure out exactly how someone had gotten maybe from one side of the room to the other during an action scene or how someone was able to see something that was happening in the darkness and you know, there was no, no light or whatever. Different things like that. So it, it confused me. It made me uh, have to reread paragraphs. And for me, that was that was the major weakness of this book. Otherwise, though, really kind of fun, twisty plot, a uh, very interesting m- kind of magitech magic system where you know the uh, these different summoned uh, elementals are used to make technology work in sort of a a steampunk-ish sort of way, but but like magic punk. So fun read. Uh, just just had some, uh, for me, what, what was kind of a big big we- weakness. But 6.5 to that one. The next one I read was Sin Eater by Mike Shell. Now, Sin Eater is the sequel to last year's Aching God. I loved Aching God. And I also loved Sin Eater. I gave this one a 9 out of 10. Lots of fun uh continues, what, what Shell did so well in Aching God was give us an ambiance that was just out of this world. He excelled at writing uh, sort of madness, PTSD, that sort of thing. That continues here in book two. Sin- Sinator had some tremendous portrayals of, of what you can really only call PTSD. There were moments when I was wondering at the uh, sanity of a certain character. Shell does banter between characters really, really well. There's a lot to love in this novel. If you enjoy sort of classic epic fantasy set in a bleak world, but where your protagonists are still clearly the good guys, clearly the heroes, even though they certainly are flawed. Sin Eater is definitely one you should check out. Obviously, you need to read Aching God first. Both of them well worth reading, so 9.0 for Sin Eater. The next book I read, uh, also in June, was Bursts of Fire. Now, this one was actually an ARC that I had received through NetGalley. It sounded really interesting. I was very excited to read it. Unfortunately, it did not work for me as a complete package. There were some things that, that I, I liked about it. Number one, uh, it wasn't really uh, afraid to deal with some, some hard issues. Um, and, and that was, I think that that was a, a really uh, positive for me. There was the, the, the novel dealt with themes of death um, and the afterlife. Uh, it dealt with, Uh, family and trust, and there were some interesting, uh, elements to the religion and magic systems that, that I thought were quite, uh, quite fun, had quite a bit of potential. Unfortunately, uh, there was a lot that did not work well for me in this one, um, I didn't really connect with any of the characters, though clearly that could be my issue more so than the writing. You know, sometimes we just don't connect with uh, a character, and and that just happens from time to time. Uh, However, in addition to none of the characters really connecting with me much at all, the pacing was pretty slow in the first third especially, but even even through the, the first half of the book. And I found some issues with just the plotting. The There were some things that didn't make sense, some world building and plot issues that just did not make sense to me, really revolving around the central element of the plot, namely that the antagonist, King Ardam was able to basically rapidly conquer five other kingdoms, Without any of them really becoming aware that he was doing it, even after they had been warned he might do that. It was odd. It was weird. Um, Had a lot of potential, but it just didn't work for me. I ended up giving it um, 5 out of 10 stars. Uh, Again, I think the writing was fine. Uh, There were definitely some themes that I I enjoyed and thought were interesting, but as a whole, the plot didn't hang together for me. So five out of 10 for Bursts of Fire. The next one I read was a delightful short novel, uh, Snow Spelled, by Stephanie Burgess. This one is uh, a lot of fun. It's it was a straight up fantasy romance, which I don't read a lot of, but this one had this wonderful romance where the uh, romantic couple did not behave like children. They, you know, there was tension in that relationship, but it came from some legitimate, uh, adult issues that they were both handling like adults. I I cannot tell you enough how much I enjoyed reading that, uh, because so often when I read fantasy, whether it's young adult fantasy or whether it's adult fantasy or whatever, either the romance is just a sideshow that that means nothing, and that's fine if it's not important to your book. But you know, either it's that, or you oftentimes will have the uh, romantically inclined couple uh, just behaving so immaturely toward one another and in in regards to their relationship so I I was so glad to read Snow spelled it also has sort of a cool alternative world England kind of thing going on where uh, you know men actually are the magic. Users and uh, typically, and women are kind of the political elite that that kind of rules the the world. If you, will. it's it's a really interesting thing that um, Burgess is doing, and I really enjoyed Snowspelled. Uh, I think it's definitely worth uh, you giving a look to, especially if you enjoy romantic fantasy. It's a short read, and uh, it's uh, this one is actually self-published. Uh, some of Burgess's other books are traditionally published, but this this one, Snowspelled, is self-published. Next book I read, and we are still in June at this point. One, two, three, four, five, six books in. We're still in June. June was a great month for my reading. Uh, anyway, next book... Uh, on my list is The Iron Circlet. Now, this is book number four in The Chronicles of the Black Gate by Phil Tucker. This is quickly becoming one of my favorite epic fantasy series. Uh, I really, really enjoy his Chronicles of the Black Gate books. The Iron Circlet, the fourth one in the series, was everything you would expect from the previous three. It was a great time there was one character that i felt like you know maybe i didn't i didn't get the arc that that he has taken her on for maybe the past two books so that didn't work super well for me but otherwise really cool magic and we're just Tucker has this way of just doling out little bits of the magic that keep you wanting more and 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 there's so much mystery to it but but there's enough that we know about it that it makes sense and and hangs together in terms of the plot he manages to have this huge cast but it never feels like someone's being forgotten it never feels like he's you know losing the the, the forest for the trees or, or vice versa or anything. Uh, Tucker just does an incredible job of holding everything together, giving us these characters that we just love to root for. And it doesn't matter for me anyway, which chapter it is, you know, whether I'm in one character's viewpoint or another character that's on the other side of the world in their viewpoint, I- I'm interested in it all. Really enjoyed the Iron Circlet and uh, looking forward to getting on to the next book in the series. I gave this one an 8.5. The next one on my list is The Last Sun by Katie Edwards. Now, this one is an urban fantasy where uh, Atlanteans uh, are, you know, they've kind of founded a new Atlantis and they're sort of magic users. And it's... It's really, it's hard for me to describe the setting in in a way that does it justice, but I had a lot of fun with uh, The Last Son. It's the first book in uh, the tarot sequence. Uh, again, Katie Edwards. I gave this one an 8.8, which is really, that that is a high score for me. It means I loved it just so much. And normally, there might be just like one tiny thing that keeps it from getting, you know from from making like the full the full nine uh, or ten for me. Um, for me, with this one, um the the possibly, I think the the characters and the setting actually outshone the plot, and, and may have actually stolen a, a bit of the drama from the plot. Um, and it's hard to really call that a weakness, but but it's just something I felt like like maybe there needed to be just a, a little more to to the plot or something. But that's frankly that's being a bit nitpicky because this book was so much fun. I loved it. Um, I think it does a tremendous job of character. Uh, we we have uh, a wonderful portrayal of of kind of this I- interesting world and urban fantasy setting. Um, plenty of of magic, and it, it, the magic is kind of this interesting uh, magic system that uses sigils to kind of store spells and. Uh, that that makes it really, really interesting. And the magic system using sigils requires you to meditate to fit, kind of refill the sigils with a spell. And what that means, each person's method of meditation is unique to them. And so that's just this great little kind of character nod within the magic system. It's really cool, um, kind of... W- one part mystery one part you know epic fantasy but but kind of in a in an urban setting emotional at times at times really tender intense all of it's engaging some great banter between the characters totally enjoyed the last sun uh, the second book in this series the hanged man comes out uh, at the end of the year in December, and I am so excited because I have an arc of that second book and I cannot wait to get to it and read it. Um, so excited for that. So this this was definitely one that that was I was not expecting to enjoy as much as I enjoyed. So highly recommend that 8.8 from me, The Last Sun by Katie Edwards. The next book, I read uh, is actually a novella. It's the Jewel and Her Lapidary, and this one <clears throat> is by uh, Fran Wilde. It was um, it was okay. I think the format in this case, being a novella, I I felt like I wanted every part of the story to be a bit more developed. I, I would have liked the characters to be a bit more developed. I would have liked the uh the, the 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 magic, the setting, the plot, all of it. I, I just would have liked it all to be just a bit more developed. And you know, in fairness, that probably has to do uh, more with the uh, with with the format than with any real problems with the writing or or that kind of thing. But for me, it was okay. Uh, you you may really enjoy it. Uh, so uh, for me it got it got uh, six out of ten. Which, in this case, that's entirely because I didn't find a whole lot that was compelling about it. But again, I stress, you may uh, have a very different experience. I know this has had uh, some awards, I believe, and definitely some buzz. So, uh, The Jewel in Her Lapidary. Next, I read, and this is still during the month of June. Uh, The next one I read was Before the Broken Star. And this one is by Emily R. King, and it's book number one in the Evermore Chronicles. This had maybe one of the coolest, uh, most interesting concepts of a book I've read in quite a while. The main character has a clockwork heart, which made things super interesting because if she gets too anxious... You know, too stressed, it can cause problems with her clockwork heart. Her heart also has a tendency to kind of ding when she's lying, which presents some interesting uh, situations that she finds herself in. So I really, really enjoyed that part of this. Unfortunately, the rest of the book as a whole did not work overly well for me. I ended up giving it a 5 out of 10. And uh, th- there were there were a lot of things that I perceived as weaknesses while the 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 setting and and kind of that the whole concept of a clockwork heart was really interesting. Um, I found there to be poor character consistency. This is particularly true for the side characters, but even the main character, Everly, at times, uh really just just felt like she was doing things that didn't necessarily make sense, given what we'd come to know of her as a character. Um, <sighs> and and just some some things with characterization throughout that that just did not really work for me and uh just. Unfortunately, took what what could have been a, a cool concept and and made it something that I I, I just largely uh, did not enjoy. So that that got a five out of ten from me. The next book uh, that was "Remember the Dawn" by Am McDonald, and this one. Was a blast. I, I really enjoyed the magic system in this one. Kind of uh, the world building, very interesting. I loved how the magic system affected the world and and like things like architecture and that sort of thing. Uh, so loved that. It uh, unfortunately did have a number of typos in it, uh, which was the biggest reason that it only got a 6.5 from me. I probably enjoyed it much more than that 6.5 rating would would make you think. Uh, but there were a number of typos, a number of odd turns of phrase as well that, that just had me scratching my head at times. And so 6.5 out of 10 for me or from me for remember the dawn. The next one I read was from the Shadows of the Owl Queen's Court. This one got an eight point three. Enjoyed it a whole lot. This is probably my favorite of Benedict Patrick's Yarns World novels. Um, if you haven't been, if you have not read any of the Yarns World novels, you are missing tremendous folklore-inspired tales. Benedict Patrick does a tremendous job with these. They have. Beautiful covers, but far more than their beautiful covers are these stories that they're telling, which are um, very engaging, uh, at times just achingly beautiful. Uh, and for me, From the Shadows of the Owl Queen's Court is the one where. The characters really come together and really gripped me. And some of the other ones, I was gripped by the story and stuff, but the characters didn't really do it for me. In From the Shadows of the Owl Queen's Court, the characters did it for me. Uh, I really enjoyed both of the main characters in this one and uh, recommend it to you. 8.3 out of 10 from me. Next book. Uh, and this is still in June. If you can believe it, I read a lot of books in June. Uh, this one is the first of shadows. You've already heard me talk about deck Matthews, uh, first novel here, uh, in, in his, what is the name of that series? The Riven realm, uh, the Riven realm series, uh, the first of shadows really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it got an 8.5 from me and, uh, I've talked about it before. You should go uh, take a look at it. And if you haven't read it yet, definitely give it a chance. Very kind of Sanderson-esque action and magic. Uh, Enjoyed it. The next one that I read was The Girl with Ghost Eyes by M.H. Borison. And this is book one in the Dao Shi Chronicles. And I actually uh, recently completed, uh, you probably heard me on the podcast if you listen to one of the we- the weekly pods regularly, uh, I completed the second book in this series recently. I had an arc for it, The Girl with No Face. So The Girl with Ghost Eyes, great fun. Uh, th- th- this really... The main character is what does it for me in this one. Uh, She has agency in a world where it's difficult for women to have agency. Uh, And she has agency not because it's given to her, but because she takes it. And I really love that the scenes, some of the scenes, the writing is so evocative at time, particularly when dealing with the spirit world, which plays a large role in this novel. It's set in late 1800s uh, Chinatown in San Francisco and just so well done, so well researched. Really enjoyed this one. If you have not read it yet, you need to go take a look at it and, uh, and give it a read. 8.8 from me. Loved it. The next one, and this finally brings us into July. Guild of Tokens by John Auerbach. This is one, again, uh, that came to me through uh, TBRinder. TBRinder, T-B-Rinder. I don't know how you actually say the name of this program, but just search for TBRinder. Uh, it's a great way to connect reviewers with self-published authors. So if you're a self-published author, definitely consider uh, using this as a resource. And if uh, you are a regular reviewer, book blogger, definitely consider signing uh, signing up and, and uh, putting your information there, because it is a, a good way to get connected with some uh, interesting books. Uh, Guild of Tokens, I talked about this one as well. I've I've interviewed John. Obviously, I enjoyed it. Had a lot of uh, uh, just just this one had a a lot of neat concepts in it that felt so real and natural to the world. uh, Like we could see this totally happening. Uh, So it's an urban fantasy with kind of lit RPG elements. I had fun with it. Seven out of ten for me. Uh, Next one, Red Sister by Mark Lawrence. So yes, I am one of those people who apparently has been living under a rock and had not read uh, any of the books in the Book of the Ancestor series, so I finally picked up Red Sister this summer. I enjoyed it. It was a fun read. Really interesting kind of take on the magic school subgenre. Uh, also, sort of assassin and training subgenre. There, 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 there's a lot that that Lawrence is kind of uh, mixing in here. Probably the coolest thing is the world unique, unique take. the The people in this world live on a about a fifty mile wide swath on the world around the equator. The rest of the world is frozen. It's ice really interesting uh, take on that almost to like a almost kind of blending in some elements of science fantasy as part of this. I gave it eight out of uh, 10. The main reason I didn't give it even more than that because I enjoyed it quite a bit was at the end. uh, Lawrence uses kind of this device where your main character, your viewpoint character ends up knowing more than she thinks about and more than we are allowed to know as the reader. And while that can work, sometimes I just felt like it didn't quite work here. And it left me feeling a little frustrated and a little cheated that I didn't know her plans for the end game and that that kind of thing. So uh, I I didn't really like that part of it, but um, eight out of 10, uh, really enjoyable read. You should check it out. Next one I read was Summer Night by Sarah K.L. Wilson. This is a young adult read. Really kind of interesting take on world building, some fun magic. One person can kind of sniff out magic, if you will, uh, smell it. But she actually smells it as colors. She she smells a lot of things as colors, actually. She is colorblind and uh, so really kind of kind of cool take there. Uh, the other main character, uh, discovers he's like an alchemist kind of thing. And he actually discovers, um, an old kind of spell that allows him to do some interesting things with kind of those ancient heroes that you hear about in these stories, these legendary heroes. And, uh, It's a neat concept, and I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I plan to continue the series uh, the next time I get a chance to slip one into my TBR, but uh, Summer Night by Sarah K.L. Wilson got a 7.5 from me. The next one I read was Age of Swords by Michael J. Sullivan. Uh, you've probably heard me talk about this on the podcast if you've been listening. If not, that's okay. Um, Age of Swords was uh, just a lot of fun. Great sequel to Age of Myth. Um, we learned so much more about the magic system and the world that Sullivan is crafting here really starts to expand. So if you enjoy kind of classic epic fantasy, but with a stronger focus on characters, this is the series for you. Um, The Legends of the First Empire has just been excellent. So Age of Swords, recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. The next one that I read was the Gossamer Mage. Uh, This one, neat concept. uh, Had a lot of fun with the, uh, you know, the, the world of this one, which again was, was kind of a unique take, and particularly the magic. Very interesting because the magic casting spells takes uh, years off of someone's life, but it does this by actually aging the individual. And by aging the individual, this creates interesting situations where we're dealing with mages that are uh, old that are losing their minds that may be losing their physical abilities and that's a unique thing in much fantasy you may have old mages that have a difficult time getting around but rarely do you have mages that are uh, losing their minds and so uh, to me this this was just Something that authors haven't really dealt with in fantasy much. and uh, Julie Zornada in the Gossamer Mage deals with it, and I enjoyed that eight point five out of ten from me. Next one was Jade War by Fonda Lee. This is the sequel to uh, 2017, I believe that's when it was published. 2017's Jade City, and I loved Jade War. It got nine out of ten from me. Just so much fun. We're dealing with magically enhanced, almost superhuman uh, international gangsters who are also sort of samurai-ish, like martial artists, but without with, they don't necessarily use swords. Um, Really cool stuff, really interesting stuff, all in this Asian-inspired secondary world. Engaging characters, uh, a take on family that's, uh, I think, uh, interesting and helps to make everything quite relatable, even though all this fantastical stuff is taking place. I cannot recommend The Greenbone Saga enough. Uh, Book 2, Jade War by Fonda Lee, Loved it. It was was every bit as good as Jade City, probably even better than Jade City, which is is hard to do. Uh, But uh, if you haven't read Jade City yet, go pick that up and then go directly and read Jade War. Wonderful, wonderful books. Uh, I love both of them, but I love Jade War even more. The next... Uh, book that I read is uh, Dust of the Darkness by Deck Matthews. You've heard me talk about that. I interviewed uh, Deck uh, about both of his books and I enjoyed Dust of the Darkness. I may have enjoyed it slightly less than the first of shadows. So Dust of the Darkness got an eight out of 10 for me, still strong rating, still something I think is is worth reading a lot of fun for me. What what kind of weakened this one a little bit is because this is so short, it's only about 45,000 words or so. um, We don't have the opportunity to really stay with any character. Uh, it It also has a tremendously large cast of characters for such a small book. I think there are five viewpoint characters, maybe six viewpoint characters in the book. So it's very short book, a lot of viewpoint characters. And as a result, it feels like you don't get a lot of time with any one character, and it feels like none of the characters really um, get get kind of a, a full development in this novel. And I, I think it's just that 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 it's so uh, so brief, but it's still super enjoyable. Really fascinating plot. Uh, some. F- Magic that, you know, I, I'm, I can't wait to learn more about in subsequent books. So, uh, entertaining read, uh, give it a shot, Dust of the Darkness, 8 out of 10 for me. The next one that I read is The Resurrectionist of Caligo. Again, this is one that I talked about on the podcast already. Uh, really interesting concepts. Didn't it entirely work for me. There were some parts that I thought maybe were, were just okay, and, and some questions I had in terms of the world building, particularly around the legal system, that ends up playing a pretty big role in the plot, and, and that I just didn't quite understand maybe how it worked. So I gave this one a 65 if you really love uh kind of victorian inspired fantasy this might be one that that you are going to fall in love with um but like like i said there were just some elements of the world building that didn't quite work entirely for me i did find it a, a kind of an interesting concept and there's a kind of a, like this this um morbid sense of humor throughout that I mean, I, I enjoyed quite a bit. So, um, the resurrectionist of Caligo. Next one I read was Beggar's Rebellion. This one has such an interesting magic system. I love Levi Jacobs, uh, novel here. It's so much fun. Well worth your time. The, 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 the characters are interesting. The magic system is unique and kind of, kind of Sanderson-esque in, in that it's, there's plenty of explanation to the magic system, but it, it it just allows the the users to do some some really interesting things. And the the book as a theme sort of deals with colonialism and the effects of colonialism, but also the uh, rightness of uh, of throwing off uh, colonial powers. And particularly, I liked that it. it Various characters in the novel challenge the idea of redemptive violence—that that somehow being violent toward some people is justified by their treatment of you—and and I found that just a, an interesting thing that that fantasy doesn't often deal with. It often assumes that violence can be redemptive, and so uh, it, it was. I I enjoyed that read quite a bit. I gave it um, an eight out of 10 Beggar's Rebellion. Next one was uh, Arm of the Sphinx. You know, Josiah Bancroft, anything he writes is worth reading. I give this one an 8.8. 8. We're just, we're, we're seeing more of the world uh, compared to what we saw in Sennel Ends. So many interesting things. Um, Bancroft's prose has, if it's possible, even improved versus Senlin ascends. There are there are some passages in this uh, book that I think are really quite beautiful. We get to see more of the side characters and really get to start to feel their motivations uh, as much as we maybe felt Senlin's motivations in the first novel. So. Highly recommend it. If you have not read Senlum Ascends yet, it is a wonderful book. Definitely worth taking a look at. And Arm of the Sphinx is right up there with it. So uh, enjoy. Next book, Age of War. Uh, this is the third book in the Legends of the First Empire series by Michael uh, J. Sullivan. 8.5 out of 10 for me. Enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's every bit as good as Age of Swords. I did feel like the third act in this one, the final third of the book, felt, particularly in regards to one character, like a complete retread of that character's arc from Age of Swords. So I was a little disappointed in that, um, but you can see, even with me being disappointed in that aspect of it, it still ended up with an 8.5 because it's just such a great book. And this series is just so uh, wonderful from uh, Sullivan. So I uh, no hesitance at all in recommending Age of War, and I look forward to getting on to Age of Legend just as soon as I am able to. Next book I read, and we are getting close to the end, uh, was Kalanon's Rising by Darian Smith. This one... Wow, it was like a fantasy whodunit, but with really high stakes, like the fate of a kingdom or two kingdoms lies in the balance here. Fascinating magic. Uh, Good, well-crafted characters. The... The setting maybe is nothing to, to write home about, but the magic is certainly unique, and uh, the characters m- kind of make up for that a bit. And the fact that it's it's really at its heart a murder mystery fantasy, which is something that I you know I don't know if I've ever really seen before. It was it was a cool read, and so check it out. Kalanon's Rising by Darian Smith. This also is a semi finalist currently with Superstar Drifters Group uh, in Spiffbo, in uh, this this year's Spiffbo. So, Kalanon's Rising. Next was The Guns Above. This is a black powder fantasy that Jason Aycock recommended to me. I enjoyed it. It's uh, kind of a. I've described it as kind of like a Horatio hornblower ish with, but with airships rather than sailing ships. sure you could you could kind of look at um, the Honor Harrington novels and compare it to that. But again, airships rather than the spaceships, the guns above. Uh, good read, quick read. Uh, it went really fast for me when I read it, seven point eight out of ten. And then final book. That I read this summer, Steel Crow Saga by Paul Kruger. Uh, This one was masterful. Absolutely, absolutely masterful. Nine out of ten for me. Uh, The magic systems were interesting. Asian-inspired setting, deals with, again, questions of kind of colonialism and, and empire building and all of that, and the hatred and racism that can grow up around that uh, when, when, when one country conquers another or when a country is at war with another nation for a long time, the, the prejudices that grow up, deals with all of that with, I think, a, a careful kind of demeanor but all of that's cool. What sets this book apart is the characters. We get four viewpoint characters and they are, all of them, flawed, all of them written with such love that there are parts where we just ache for each one of them. There are uh, Moments when, when, of course, you want to reach into the novel and shake them a little bit, but you feel for each of these characters. And I, I absolutely loved Steel, Steel Crow Saga. Uh, I was able to read an ARC, an advanced reader copy, so uh, I believe this comes out a little later on in September. If you've not already pre-ordered it, go on and pre-order Steel Crow Saga. It's masterful. Character fantasy at its best. Um, I I hope this one does very, very well because I want to see more of this kind of character-driven fantasy where you just you relate and are engaged with the characters and feel for them and hurt for them and all of the above. Um, really, really enjoyed this one. Uh, definitely go check it out and that brings us to the end i uh this summer out of 27 books uh, 13 of those 27 were self published uh, the rest traditionally published and out of those books uh, 10 were authored by uh female authors and i will say that um I would have liked to have seen that number a bit closer to uh, 50-50 or even maybe 60-40 in favor of female-authored books. Um, Unfortunately, it wasn't. Still had a great time with what I read this summer, uh, but uh, my personal goal is to try to read Uh, more or less evenly between male authors and female authors, just because I I think female authors give a a great perspective and bring something unique and interesting to fantasy that I want to be experiencing and having the opportunity to promote. So I did not hit that goal for my summer reading. Uh, We'll see how I do here in the fall. Uh, but overall, great, great summer of reading. Loved so many of, uh, of these books that I've read. Uh, had some really great reads. Had some reads that uh, were, you know, really solid. Maybe not quite great, but good. Loved them, enjoyed them. And here and there sprinkled in a couple that didn't work for me. But overall, I had a great summer of reading. I hope that Uh, Listening to me, Yak, about some of these books in this extra-long edition of Under a Pile of Books has given you some fodder for your own TBR and maybe some books that you want to pick up and uh, enjoy whenever you get the opportunity in the near future. Thanks for listening this far, and I hope you have a great season of reading.